plan was that we were going to record yesterday, but um, turns out uh, there was no news today, so I guess we didn't miss anything, so we probably could have recorded. Um, I don't know. I wasn't on Twitter all day, so did anything happen? No, I made the appearance on the show again. That's about it. Yeah, I haven't seen you in a. I've seen you in a year. It's been a while. <laughs> Pre pre recording, Grant was like, "If we make any cringy New Year's jokes, he's quitting the show." So this is funny. Um, well, quite literally, it was almost a year for me, though. It feels yeah, like yeah, it does actually for you. It does feel like a year. Um, it's been like a good six weeks. Yeah, I haven't been on Twitter. What happened? Some no? roster moves. Uh, a roster, a roster move, yeah. Oh, oh okay, nice. <clears throat> was it one of the goalies? Nope. Ah, oh, Adam Ernie. Not quite. I'm stumped. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Obviously, we're playing a little bit coy, but uh, yeah, definitely a huge shock, and we'll definitely. Uh, it's hard not to start a show with that. Uh, it's pretty unrealistic. So uh, we'll do our quick intros. Uh, welcome to the Production Line Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. And Andy. And yeah, today's episode, um, probably gonna be a little bit shorter, a little snappier, different than what we usually do. I mean, the games kind of feel less significant right now. So we'll probably touch on them throughout the show. But uh, main focal point is going to be roster moves and especially the one that... Uh, came down about four hours ago from recording here. Um, the Red Wings placed Jacob Verana on waivers. So this comes after the news Monday that they extended Verana's conditioning stint to be the full two weeks, which is what the maximum allowed conditioning stint is. And I'm not going to lie. First, first thought is this can't be real. I'm checking if it's a fake account. Thank you, Elon, for now everyone can have a blue check mark. So I have no idea who's real, who isn't. And I have to dig for it and click that and make sure it's verified. Don't worry. So it was Elliot Friedman who tweeted it and was the real Elliot for this time. Um, I know you guys were freaking out too, but what was going through your guys' heads? Like immediately, first glance, the tweet goes out. Well, my first glance, I thought Elliot had a yellow check mark. So I was like, okay, that's fake. Uh, and then I saw it and I thought it was like a mistake or something that he was just, he has the conditioning stint extended, and they just everyone thought he was on waivers or something. I don't know. I thought it was something goofy, and I checked again like ten minutes later, and nothing was fixed. So and I kind of assumed it was real, but it took me a while to process it. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, I dropped a I dropped a sledgehammer on my foot at work. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? At first, I was like, obviously, I didn't believe it. And then same same type of scenario. But at first, like, I, the first thing that came across my mind, I was like, please be like, redeem Verbata or whatever the hell his na- that guy's name was. Like, I was just reading it like randomly. Like the guy that played in the NHL like 10 years ago. Redeem Verbata. What a yeah, name. Uh, or whatever. I can't remember. No, it was Redeem Verbata. It was a Redeem Verbata. Yeah. Phoenix, yeah. yeah. Okay. He's so, in NHL. Yeah. <laughs> Unrelated. So I was just like, I was just like, oh yeah, it'll just be this guy who has been in the league for ten years. Let's let's go. And then yeah. I entered it in the group chat and we had our thoughts. Yeah, definitely yeah, definitely thoughts. And we knew a move was coming. Again, I, I finished up an article last night about potential moves, what it was gonna look like. Again, I really thought it was gonna be a goalie today. 
But then it was weird because then at Lalone's post uh, practice uh, presser today, he said that he envisions them carrying three goalies for a little longer. And then I immediately thought Adam Ernie because Adam Ernie is the odd man out for Robbie Fabry's return, which is why the roster spot needed to be created for this week. Um, so that seemed like a natural thing, but uh, no, they decided to go with Jacob Verana. Um, after sitting with it for a while, because again, I was extremely upset, and obviously a bunch of fans or a bunch of like NHL fans, as they should be, like everyone claim him. I mean, that should. I mean, we were saying this with other players this year that were on waivers as well. Natural thing. But when you really break it down and look at the cap landscape, I think in Eisenman obviously doing due diligence, uh, there's no way that they don't do this move without thinking that he's going to clear or having a pretty good idea. It depends. I mean, unless there is a significant conversation between player, coach, GM, that player decides he no longer wants to be part of the organization. And maybe in purpose of creating a roster move now, you're creating flexibility that you don't have to waive somebody else that is going to be on the roster in the meantime. And let's say Verona's unhappy and he wants out they're going to waive him now because they know there's not that many teams that will be able to pick him up. And then they're going to furthermore feel out teams that would want to make a trade for him. Yeah. I think this is, I think obviously it's still a possibility, but I do think it's like the unlikely scenario in this. I do think, I do think it's really just him getting reps more in the, in the AHL. Cause I mean, again, he, I didn't, I really saw reports and it wasn't until game three that he really started to find his groove, but I think so. It's two I, weeks. I just have it's a weird. hard time thinking that he would need more than 14 days in the AHL when he's never yeah. even played in the AHL since like he was first coming to the league. He's not the type of player that's really going to succeed in the AHL because of the type of player he is. I, I have you watched him at the world championships at all? Yeah. He struggles. He looks, looks lost. He's, yeah, he's a player that plays well in specific roles like he's not going to succeed playing first line shutdown minutes he's not going to succeed when the talent is way below his own in my opinion he's a floater that's what he is yeah he yeah. needs someone he needs someone driving the the play for him and he just finishes mm-hmm. really Floater who scores uh, the most goals per 60 at five on five. Other exactly. Than, other than Austin Matthews. So I have a hard time believing that he's going to need more than 14 days is why another reason I see this being very interesting. Yeah. And obviously we'll stay away from like, besides like me speculating, maybe like a trade request or he's unhappy, but like other than that, like his personal life and stuff will stay out of, because I know fans have dug into like social media and stuff and really looking at that. And I don't think that really is anything productive but uh in terms of hockey just pure value losing him would be pretty bad because then you revisit the anthony mantha trade all of a sudden that doesn't look too great well it kind of goes to your point i don't think they're doing this without having somewhat of an understanding with the teams that are flexible enough to make a move for him they would have to know that they weren't going to jump on him 
right? Because I mean, one team that comes to my mind right now would be St. Louis because they have the cap space. I think Tori Cruz on the LTIR. Um, I was just I was just looking because right now, like I wrote down for teams with current cap space that have him: Chicago, Anaheim, Buffalo, and Arizona. I think St. Louis has the cap space to do it. So um, I think the, I think O'Reilly and Tarasenko were only put on IR. Yeah, I think they have enough players on LTIR, and they okay. have enough space. Um, that would they be have like five point eight million in cap, and they are a team that's really struggling. But yeah. no, um. Him and Eiserman are boys. Mm-hmm. Like they do everything together. So yeah. what if what if like Well that'd be know, that'd be the I thing for a trade. Trade. Like yeah. if if they're trying to to send him on waivers first to create a roster move or roster move so they can keep all, everyone up and then kind of take some cap back from St. Louis. Yeah. Trade, and then it's get just the question is back. the question is like what are you looking at? Asset wise, I don't know. That's just hundred percent all speculation for me, right? Um, which it's hard to speculate when everything's so uncertain right now. And yeah, again, if we had the the benefit of uh, a couple, like another twenty four hours, we'd probably have a better idea what's going on. Again, just, maybe maybe something I, happens tonight. Yeah. Another team I thought of right away was Calgary. Yeah. In terms of like a trade scenario, again, I, I don't, I'm still not on the trade thing yet. Because I don't know, he seemed to be close with guys in the team and stuff. And I don't know, like I, I'd, it seemed like he was Lalonde was willing to give him a chance and stuff like that. And I feel like they wouldn't just change like that. But all of a sudden, we're, but, we're not in the locker room, though. I mean, that's true. A- anything is possible. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, definitely, Andy. What do you think? Uh, I don't really know what to think. Like, it's hard to speculate. Like you guys said, um, as far as like teams, I guess the swoop in and pick him up. I'm not sure cap space wise, but I thought of like Ottawa. Um because I think it was earlier, like as like a noon today, I was reading like Debrinket isn't really working out there apparently. Like they weren't management and ownership's not happy with that. So he's a guy that can score goals, which <clears throat> they expected Debrinket to do. So I don't know. It just came to my mind. It just like just with the cluster of everything, you know, all options kind of come to mind. And that's one team that kind of stuck out to me. I don't know why. Yeah. I just, oh, yeah. I just seen the, I just seen the Demerkit news, like, oh, like kind of connect to the dots a little bit, I guess. Yeah. 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 Again, I, I kind of look at like a similar situation, not like the same quality of player, but Boston has waived multiple players that were pretty high end. When you look at, Craig Smith and Mike Riley again, not to the level of Jacob Verona, but Craig Smith only have one year remaining, three million dollars. I mean, come on, that's a that's a guy who can play in your middle six pretty easily. Yeah, he can yeah, play. I I know you said it, but Verona is also the second most efficient goal scorer, five on five in the league. Yeah. So at two point two five more of a cap hit, and then it goes up to five point seven five the next year. I wouldn't even put Craig Smith on the same pedestal as a wave like Jacob Rana. This is like I'm trying to make you, I, yeah. I, I know you're trying to make sense of it, but you don't see this like ever. Yeah, and there's not like there's no team other. So teams can't just be like, okay, I'm gonna free up without a trade. Teams can't just free up that money. Yeah. 
they can't just waive someone and because the waivers wouldn't take effect until the next day anyway. So it's like Detroit really only has in terms of waivers, it's only these couple teams that have the space to do it. So yeah. they're I think they're pretty confident with moving it. And the very I think at the very least it's Detroit's doing this for flexibility one way or the other. The roster right now, they like what they're at. I think Lalone today was pretty clear that he liked all the forwards' performances and he used it very hard to view, fit guys back in. It's just more so that he right now, obviously he's like a fabric needs to get in, but he's like, I don't it's it's not an easy decision of who comes out. Right. Which is which is a good thing to have, but um yeah i was definitely surprised with the even the sense of like the goalie situation because again i thought that was the easy one i thought that, that was gonna be the one that, that to me is the easy that is the easy answer uh yeah. and in a situation where you don't think there's an easy answer you can easily in my opinion wave one of the two and be okay with it yeah i can i can talk myself into either same yeah yeah i'm not i'm not set in either i think i mean we can talk about that a little bit more but i kind of want to stand verona um yeah so obviously his conditioning i think it was three games he's he's a minus five zero points again it's tough though grand rapids is a pretty it's pretty bad right now i like like i said though also he's just not the type of player that's going to go down to the ahl and just dominate every shift it's just not the type of player he is he's going to float and if pucks aren't coming to him he's not going to produce yeah yeah It's so uh it's still very raw at this point. It's just like it's hard to really go into anything other than the true value of the team. Again, Detroit's biggest issue right now is five on five scoring. Their biggest need. I yeah. say maybe actually hold on, consist uh, good starts, which we can right, yeah. Yeah. Especially good start, a good first period may be a more of an issue, but um five on five scoring has been Detroit in terms of even strength offense generating five on five chances, goals for percentage. They're one of the worst teams in the NHL. I think they're yeah. like 20, they're like 20, 25th, 26th. Really bad. But, and to go through the context of waving a guy who can score at five on five at will is a tough one to justify without really having an answer to it. So obviously, Steve Eisenman, uh, does this a little bit more than we do. And he obviously has some sort of plan. It's just really hard to see what that plan is right now. Yeah, I don't know. And I guess the easiest answer in my head is that they want to get him some more AHL time and that there's like either an unspoken agreement or a spoken agreement with GMs Mm -hmm. that can possibly claim him. Or they're just really confident he doesn't get claimed. But to me, that that doesn't make sense to my point that I don't think he really is the type of player that's going to benefit from more AHL games. Yeah, I understood that. Yeah, because that was it was also weird to me too. So they just extended it. So they seemed like they were okay with the two weeks. But now waving him gives them the option if he does clear to continue on there, mm-hmm. which goes into your point of like him not probably being the best suited for that. So wouldn't you want him to just at least even if you're scratching him, like just practice? Yeah. Be get more puck touches, better players. I mean, again, if you look at the Red Wings, the fifth line right now, practice. Like, yeah. If Fabry and Bertuzzi just snap it around with Zadina, like a <laughs> bunch of skill. Yeah, literally. Uh, probably get more out of it. I don't know. I understand the certain game competitiveness and all of that, but and again, Verona seems like all reports he seems willing to. 
But again, uh, it's hard to know what why he's willing. Is it just because he wants to come back to the Red Wings as best as he is, or is it for his own his own game and looking to move on? He's like, listen, I'm going to be a good soldier, and if you get me to go somewhere else, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's all speculation, but it's really hard to speculate. Yeah, and again, this conversation well. could age pretty badly by whatever. Honestly, even as this episode's posted. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'll try I'll try to post it tonight. But again, I think there was whatever remember the Robbie Fabric trade that came down? I think it was in twenty nineteen, it was like at like eleven thirty at night. Yeah. So they're yeah. not af- not afraid to do it. Not afraid to do it. So um obviously I'm thinking of Jacob Verona right now. Again, I think he's willing to do this, but again, I know like your name being thrown around waivers is definitely a, a tough one to actually like I feel like it has a lot of weight to it. Yeah. So hopefully, and yeah. I, I hope I hope the Red Wings are able to. I mean, keep full of value, whatever whatever that is. And on just a personal note too, hopefully, like everything's all good with him still, and that he's doing okay. Yeah, and that uh, that it's not a bad management move, while not weighing his personal life. Yeah, that's that's also. I mean, you bring you great point. I I don't think. The Detroit management would do anything like that, but I mean, he's just coming off of the program. Uh, it'd be really crummy to kind of do that. Yep, without weighing in all of that, I 100% agree. But yeah, yep. um, obviously, we'll we'll know more by two two p.m. tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, probably or today when people are listening. Um, but yeah, obviously, hope for the best for both sides, honestly. And I hope I still hope to see Veron as soon as possible in the NHL. Again, he's a very exciting player to watch. There's... Yeah, I think he. I think that goes for all of us. I kind of just yeah. want to see him back in a Wings uniform. He's literally yeah, one so... of the most fun players to watch. He, some games he can be just so dynamic. Yeah, he is. He has top end skill that I probably beats out any player in the Red Wings. If I'm being yeah. really honest. Yeah. So that's why it's a a tough one here to wrap your head around fully, but we should also mention all of the other moves that are are impending, and go along with it. Obviously, we mentioned um, this give this leads way if he clears. I mean, it, or, I mean, if he doesn't clear either way, either way by two p.m. tomorrow, Robbie Fabry will be activated off IR, and he was slotted in at practice today with uh, Pugh Suter and Oscar Sundquist, which I. Uh, should give him a lot less defensive responsibility in his own zone, and he can kind of focus on just getting his legs under him, which I I do like. And two guys he's familiar with, too. Yeah, I played with Pew Suter a lot last season, and then Oscar Sundquist in St. Louis for bits and pieces. So it's definitely a definitely a bonus for him. And I've heard I've heard really good things about like Lalone saying how good he looks and stuff like that. Uh, he's gonna get touches on power play too, which is good. Uh, I don't know if he's gonna be in there right now, but it might be like a rotating with like Valeno or something. Again, exciting. it is exciting for sure. Again, I do want to mention, like, I know people are like, oh, Robbie Fabry, like, but like he's a on he's been on pace for over 20 goals each season. He's been with Detroit. He's not a no, he's about a half a point per, per game guy. He's a middle six winger, but he's pretty he's a pretty damn good one offensively. He's not like a defensive, he's not a huge defensive guy, which is fine. He yeah. also brought he also brought early on last season a huge part of Detroit's like uh I wouldn't like it was a a pretty good start comparatively to the rest of their season, but he brought a lot of tenacity. Him and Bertuzzi. I was gonna say, remember him and Bertuzzi just mucking it up on the bench. 
making well yeah you remember one. you remember who that player you remember who the player was he was chirping they're chirping alex chasen wasn't it alex yeah. grand rapids griffin's alex chasen yeah full yeah. circle right there he's just such a great character guy to have like in the room i feel like he's one of the guys that he's probably one of the guys you want to keep around simply for his character and he's a good hockey player at that. He's almost like a Tyler Bertuzzi too, where he can plug and play just about anywhere up and down the lineup. And he's going to give you everything, whether he's on the third line or the first line. Yeah, definitely. So I'm pretty excited to see how that goes tomorrow. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, subs in for Adam Ernie, which is uh, not surprising. I think uh we were both kind of, or all three of us, we were kind of all thinking that that would be the natural move and you can keep Michael Rasmussen on the wing. I actually wasn't so sure that it was going to be Adam Ernie. Um, oh, really? But after Lalone's comments yesterday about Soderblom and Bergeron and Valeno at that, I was thinking that it has to be Ernie because I don't know who else you're taking out. Um, I just thought there was a pretty big like liking this from Lalone to Ernie and the coach, the rest of the coaching staff. But I'm glad to see that it is Ernie because he's the obvious answer. Yeah. I wouldn't say obvious. It's it's, it's he still he's, had a pretty easy season. He's, he's the obvious answer. It's out, of, really... out of the 12 forwards. Yes. He's the outlier. I, I do think like, I do want to credit like Adam Ernie. Like, I don't think it's like last year where we were begging for him to get out of the line. No, I, I think he's been, resourceful some games yeah and then there's other games where i'm thinking he's not resourceful but it was almost every game i was thinking he was not resourceful last year he brings a lot of tenacity which there isn't a whole lot of that in the lineup as is um he's one of the only players that is going to finish a hit almost on every play he's due for a couple mistakes a game just yeah. what happens when he tries to carry the puck a little too much but I mean, other than him, I think you go to you look at Rasmussen, you look at Valeno, and even Sonquist doesn't finish as many hits as he probably should. But Valeno and Rasmussen finished probably the most hits on the team aside from Ernie on forward. Yeah, yeah, which is a little bit scary to me because you don't really have all that the grit, as Dan Campbell would say, but. Kneecaps, oh. yeah. MCDC, big big game coming up for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, Adam Ernie would be in Dan Campbell's lineups for the grit. That's true. So I don't know. Do, do with that info with <laughs> whatever you want with that. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Ben Schrott would be playing forward with Adam Ernie, and probably like Giovanni Smith would have never left. <laughs> yeah, Ben Schrott would be the most util- utilized player on the team. 100%. We're bringing we're bringing back uh, Luke Lukowski. Yes, well, Witter would be on the second line. That's <laughs> Andy, Andy's could, wet dream. Oh, Ro- Robert Hag would also be on the team because he eats so many shots, and that's that's gritty. Yeah, he can't do anything, but he can eat pucks. That's for sure. Yeah, MCC I loved like growing up. Pucky. Like there was no there was no such thing as like analytics as a kid. Like for us, and then like we'd like define like good defensemen as like yeah they they blocked a lot of shots. That also meant yeah. that the puck was stuck in your end the entire time. Yeah, true. <laughs> so it's not necessarily a good thing. So was Nicholas Yarmolson good, or was he? That's my point. Or was That's he my pinned? point. 
I think actually his analytics were pretty good. But again, I yeah, agree. The the puck didn't go in. The, uh, the puck didn't go in. You're right. So I mean, True. I guess he's ultimate prevent- job is he's single handedly preventing goals with his body. Yeah, I mean, I guess sure, whatever. Yeah, I still so. think it's a it's a funny debate, you know. Either way, um, we should talk about the rest though. Again, Grant brought up a really good point with Alone's talk about the young guys, and I mean, get they've been fantastic. Yep, I can't say yeah. enough. And I mean, look at Valeno's confidence. I've really enjoyed watching Valeno all season. He's been so good. And it's I really feels like since he's been all right, you're gonna be a center. You're on the fourth line, like you're not gonna be bouncing around. Also, we're gonna surround you with skilled guys. Remember when I got laughed at for saying the second and third pick of the 2018 draft was gonna be better than the first pick in the 2018 draft of the Detroit Red Wings? <laughs> I mean, you didn't say at the time of the draft, though, so don't act like you're some Nostradamus. I said it early last year that I think there's a strong possibility of it. You did, yeah, you said some point last year. Not I got like laughed at. You didn't know no, that that can't happen. No. <laughs> it still hasn't fully come to fruition yet, but there is an increasing possibility of that. I do I still want to give Philip Zadina credit. He's only played nine games this season. I know. I, I'm excited to see him get another crack too. Honestly, go back to if you want to go back to the Verona situation, like is that like another motivating factor? You give Zadina another look. Again, you signed him to a three-year contract. There's some belief. I know. I know that's kind of that, well, working backwards. No, I mean, not necessarily. Like you have a point. The point being, there is room to keep him on the roster for another like extended period of time if you think he is going to be the odd man out. Mm-hmm. But that's a possibility too. Yeah, and it's hard to keep him on if someone else isn't cleared, and then you extend his. You're first extending his period so you can keep him up and see what he can do. But then I guess like you kind of have to wave someone. So I I don't know. I think you bring up a valid point with that. Uh it's just yeah. all so interesting. And I guess these next couple weeks are gonna be really interesting. Yeah, because a couple weeks ago we were pretty much like, okay, Soderblom, yeah, definitely needs more time. Bergren, it's been really fun, but un- unfortunately he's probably gonna end up being the odd man out. I think that was the easy thought, and it would have honestly you could have justified it to me. Would have made sense. Uh, but right now, I guess yeah. I guess I thought Bergen was gonna stay up. His production has been too much, but I thought Soderblom was for sure going down. And again, now you're looking at it. You're still you're you're hard to you're like wow. Like he's been Soderblom's been really good, especially the, I mean six game points streak for him and Valeno. Bergen's been I think he had five points in the six games. Like he's close to that streak as yeah. well. But and again, now he's been bumped up to the second line. Which is pretty great. It's pretty great. I'm it's just, pumped about that. I'm but... seeing more of a Carolina offensive scheme here, which makes it possible to kind of take out your Adam Ernie's and Oscar Sunquists. Yeah, that is a good point. I, I think that's like a more modern take on how hockey is, is played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You look at you look at it like there's not these big grinders that are in the NHL anymore, unless you have like the Ryan Reeves, which, you know, you can argue whether how much value brings and whatnot. I think it, uh, it depends on the scheme you want to put out. I mean, how much playoff success has Carolina had the last couple of years? It's true. It's true. Not a lot. You look at Tampa Bay. What was one of their most productive lines last couple of years in the playoffs? Fourth line. 
Yeah. But they you all had skill. Pat Maroon have skill. Yeah. Dude scored, has, 20, dude, dude has, scored 20 goals one year. He he's on the back end of his skill days, in my opinion. I, I still think, think he, he has he's more a highly, I think he's a valuable player at this he's stage. He's more talented than Adam Ernie. Oh, uh, I, yes. I have to agree with that, yeah. Um, no, but yes. He knows how to use his talent more wisely than Adam Ernie. I don't think he's a more talented player. I think Adam Turney has better tools. I think Pat Maroon is a hell of a lot smarter. I also think, like, here's one. You look at Darren Helm last year in the playoffs. Yeah. Andrew Cogliano in the playoffs. Both guys don't have that much skill. They have little to none skill. And they, they, they were tremendous last year in the playoffs. Uh, I just think there are still cer- certain circumstances where those schemes are really valuable, but also like a team like Carolina, I know it hasn't come through yet. I think the addition of like Max Pacioretty once he's <laughs> off LTIR, I know that's looking like way in the way in the. Uh no. Wait, ahead. Uh, very soon. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It's like he's doing he's doing a couple weeks. I just picked oh him up. I just picked him up in fantasy. Oh boy. He's like I think it was close to being around New Year's Eve, but it sounds like it's gonna be like next week. But I think yeah. like the, this scheme, if you add like a really really good forward, like almost a fringe star forward, which is what Pax Ready was the last couple of years, uh, that can score. Big time goals, thirty five plus, which Carolina didn't have. Mm-hmm. That could be huge for them. And I know you're looking at like the Red Wings, and you look at that scheme. Like they need to kind of add someone like that. Their biggest need is is up their their depth. I think is fine. Their depth is pretty good than expected. Yeah. Yes, it is the the top end talent that's lacking. Yep. And again, could Lucas Raymond be that guy? Could be. Not yet. Yep. Uh, Dylan Larkin's shown at times he is. But it's hard. Like, again, you look at Carolina, too. They have Sveshnikov and Ajo. Yeah, they have two horses there. Red Wings have Larkin and blank. So it's kind of like, I mean, Tyler Bertuzzi had 30 goals last year, but again, I wouldn't count him as one of those players. So if you're looking at it like a mold of Carolina, it's definitely still lacking still. But with guys like Valeno, Soderblom, and um, Berggren all finding their grooves seemingly earlier than kind of – and not so much Valeno, but Berggren and Soderblom finding their legs at the NHL level quicker than expected. It's it's certainly it's intriguing to see like what the possibilities could be of what a lineup looks like and where they fit. Because again, like you said with Carolina and stuff, they mix the line. They mix the lines around quite a bit. Yeah, they. I mean, on any given day, you could see, like, you would see, like Jordan Martinuk playing with Sebastian Ajo. <laughs> and did it didn't matter. And it didn't matter. Literally, like, you could see anything. Like Stefan Nason, Nason, Nason has been pretty productive for the Carolina Hurricanes this year. Who had been like a really good age. half point player. per game. Yes, very productive. And I'm, I mean, I just love the – I do really like the way that they structure their roster, and I think that's what the Red Wings can look to mold their roster towards, something similar. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it starts with – again, it starts with finding the top-end talent. And, and, and I, I also think it's 
it's partially developing these these key guys your young guys that can play a little bit of both kind of an edge but are also somewhat skilled like two guys I look to right now that would be really valuable in a Carolina scheme that the Red Wings could really use are Volano and Rasmussen yeah because they both have heavy speed and their puck skills are getting way better game in and game out Mm -hmm. they're good offensively and they're good in the d zone yeah these guys those two players right now i think you really have to be looking at and you're you want to keep them progressing heavily yeah so rasmussen five games on the first line six points yeah four of them were in one game but yeah it's semantics. <laughs> Two of them were on top. <laughs> okay, okay. okay Cam. I was going to bring up that goal. And we kind of talk about that was a fun game, the uh, New Year's Eve game. Obviously, I didn't get to watch too much. Weird, I was out. But um, yeah, that was a nice goal. Just simply being hard on the forecheck, which opens him up on the wing. Yes. He's able to be the first guy mm-hmm. in on the forecheck, and he uses his reach and easy goal. But he created that himself. You can't say he yeah. didn't earn that goal. No, he earned that. Uh, it was also, yeah, Lucas Raymond, I thought looked really good this game too. Nice yeah. drive creates Pew suited goal, then gets in front. Nice tip. Uh, yeah, really nice. And then obviously Soderblom, who we were just talking about as well. Nice little shot. I was, just, I think this is the goal is the farthest out in his career so far. So kind of nice to see. Well, pick, I mean, he has spot. that shot too. We've seen it in the past year. It's so funny to see his stick flex because of how big he is. It's so funny to me. I love watching like the release of like the pop on the stick. I watched that goal a bunch of times. It wasn't like a super like sweet shot or anything. It was just nice, like how the stick was bad. Yeah. It was sweet. Yeah. Um, but again, kind of going back to roster moves and stuff like that. Um, is it st- so basically at this point now? Assuming Verona clears, two spots need to be cleared still. For one for Bertuzzi, one for Zadina. The easy answer still is the goaltending for one of them. So I think we could start with that. Who do you guys feel is the goalie that's he's who's on the out? I'm I it's hard to say that, but I think it's Nadalkovich. <laughs> I it's you really have trouble saying the younger guy who has more upside, but for stability purposes, uh the Red Wings, for some reason, just aren't comfortable playing in front of him. And he doesn't give them anything back. So I think you have a hard time not waving Nidelkovich over Helberg. Yeah. I know it's early yet, and Helberg's only played a couple games, but he's looked pretty solid in his couple games. Andy? Yeah, pretty much the same. Like, <clears throat> when <clears throat> Ned's in net, the the game is not fluid on our like on the wings end. It's tense. They're trying not to make a mistake because they know it's probably going to end up in the back of their net. Where when Helberg's been in net, they've been playing pretty much normal, like normal. Like they had Huso in there because they one that's they don't really have a sample size. Well, they do now, I guess. But going into it of what Helberg could really do in a game situation, yeah. So they, they're just kind of just. Have an adder, I guess, type of deal. Yeah, aside from the the Buffalo game. Well, yeah, you know, that's, <laughs> weird. that game didn't happen, though. I mean, I did love 
I mean, we can talk quickly like the Red Wings like inconsistencies as well. Because I mean, we kind of started from the start, but uh, uh, trying to trying to trying to break beat out their uh their night before performance of going down five nothing instead of four nothing and making a comeback. That was fun. Oh, yeah. that was fun. Uh, yeah. So definitely a uh, a little bit concerning, but again with Halberg and stuff like that, I don't think is the five goals you break you break them down. Three of them, three of them. Philip Ronick had his hands all over. So I mean, it's it's was tough. A, What's that? Because it was it was not a great outing for Phil. No, it definitely is probably one of his worst performances of the year. And again, he's been super good this year, so it's hard to be like, exactly. okay, it's like all right, he's reverted back. It's just it's one game. Everybody and, has a night. Yeah, and Jake Wallman in turn got his spot on the power play, which I found interesting. I mean, he gritted gritted his way all, all the way up to the, the wow. first unit. Uh, the second yeah, speaking of which, speaking of which, <laughs> I forgot to start this off. Jake Wallman, you're fined like ten grand for that. I'm sorry, Thomas Holmstrom. <laughs> yeah, take that ninety six off your back. That's another ten grand. That's twenty grand into our fund. Okay, it is pretty the, funny. I'm not the, gonna lie. The TPL it's, fund. Yeah. Oh, the TPL. T- fund. I do. I do like the TPL fund. Actually, never mind, Jake. I, I'm. I'm off. I'm off your train. I need the money. <laughs> we need the twenty k. Dude, we're broke. <laughs> we lose money when we put on episodes. Practically. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But no, um yeah, Jake Wallman's been really good of late too. I've been yeah, really happy. And and we've been banging the table to see something someone else is more cider. Oh, oh this I think like I like such a sigh of relief, to be honest with you. I have been dying <laughs> inside. I was, I was like, what the, are you doing? I thought like, you were like yelling badly. But did I I'm not sure if I said this on a pod in the summer or just to you guys, but I wanted to see Wallman get a chance with Cider. Well, we were when banging he, the when table. he came back. Yeah, we were banging the table at the end of last season when he got traded. Yeah. Here. He played exactly. one game, just... the game against Philly. I remember it like so vividly. I'm like, this dude, I love him. Well, His all style. three of us really didn't know all that much about him because he was hidden in St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah he, yeah, he barely played. So we got to see him once and we were like, oh my gosh, he's Victor Hedman. <laughs> <laughs> well, compared to the Red Wings' left side, yeah, he was. Cider aside, we had Bobby Orr and Victor Hedman back there. Yeah, Wallman and Dan DeKaiser. Great. Oh, um, no, but again, stylistically, I think the two fix. I, I think again, Cider looked his best when he had Nick Letty on his pair, a guy who's super mobile and likes to like likes to make moves up the ice. And uh, Jake Wallman's steadier than Nick Letty. And will not lose his guy. And again, Jake Wallman's played in like every scenario this year, and it's really promising to see his ice time keeps going up. He's getting close to that twenty minute mark, which we like to see. He's effective and he's produced well. Not like he's playing his role out properly. He's effective on it. Yep. And in whichever role that is, he's given that night. So it's kind of hard yeah. not to play him. Yeah, definitely. So that's been uh, fun. Yeah, that Pittsburgh game was uh, crazy. I, I literally shut it off to watch uh, watch Daredevil again. That was embarrassing. It is embarrassing. I, I, I've been, I, yeah, I'm watching Daredevil for the second time. I don't know what's more embarrassing: you shutting off the game or you watching Daredevil. Daredevil is an amazing show. You shut your mouth. Thanks. Literally, literally, it's like it's in my. It's a podium finish for like my favorite show of all time. Season two stresses me out. So I mean, anyone that's watched Daredevil knows that season two is a little bit stressed out. Nobody's watched Daredevil. You don't know that. Listeners could comment. Yeah, you don't. You don't say that. Yeah. Yeah, hey, you don't say that. Good, good, uh, Colton Hayes reference. 
Shout out Colton. I'm gonna, I'm gonna clip this and send it. I'm gonna send it to him because he definitely does not listen. But it's fine. Oh, Cotton. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. I, I didn't expect to shout out Colton Hayes in this episode, but here we are. Um. Yeah. Anyway, back on track. Um. So goaltending. I think I'm personally kind of I'm with you, both of you. I think it's Helberg, who's the guy. I mean, it seems like the Red Wings feel that way. Uh, they had a bunch of opportunities to start Nedeljkovic, and they chose uh, in every scenario not to start him. Because you, Billy Huso was very much tired in that Pittsburgh or the, yeah, it was the Pittsburgh game. He looked exhausted and didn't look ready because it was he was sick or whatever. They knew that and they still started him, and then they went to Helberg and then Helberg played the rest of the time during that last week. Yeah. So it, they had all the opportunity in the world to play Nedeljkovic. So I don't see a reality where he's again. I still think he he clears waivers to be honest if he goes down. It goes to my point of the cap and whatnot. I mean, maybe a team like Chicago takes a chance on him, but that's the only point? thing I could see is a team like Chicago. What's the point? I mean, really? they could re- reunite the greatest tandem ever in Peter Mrazek and Alex That that also helped their tanking. I mean, Alex Taylor's been pretty good. I don't want to send him down. True. <laughs> After <laughs> seeing the World Juniors, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, I I'm thinking the Red Wings should. Set, just played Nelkovich the whole time now. Maybe that's why they sent Verona down. <laughs> oh, maybe too good. Yeah, we don't Tanking. need goals. We need we need Steve Eisenman playing. Stevie saw Bedard's goal against Slovakia, and he's like, "Yep, which one?" Stevie's, Stevie's playing. Yeah, Stevie's literally. playing. He's playing chess. Well, we're all playing checkers. He's 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 decided that this season's he's, it, and we're we're tanking. He's playing three D chess with Sheldon off the Big Bang Theory. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know what that means. I've never watched that. Show. I, I I've seen bits and pieces, but um, I yeah. So yeah, that Connor Bedard goal, nasty. The OT winner. Salaki also surprisingly took him to overtime too, which is their goalie's insane. Uh, he was playing in the null earlier yeah. this year. And well, he's he still technically was before break. Yeah, he had just gotten once he made the team like Salaki when he got called. They uh. They traded his right or well, he got called up to Green Bay, I guess. Yeah, he was playing for the wilderness and then he got called up to Green Bay. No, it was Chippewa's deal. Oh Chip Chippewa, excuse me. Chippewa Steel or something. I mix up the I mix up the I mix up the two. Whatever. Green. It's green in the I only his green pads. His green pads with his blue and red and white jersey. I love it. Doesn't matter. It stands out. It stands out. Scouts notice you. And he was standing on his head last night of the all tournament, really. Yeah, he was. I haven't really watched Nasty. much. Of the t- I haven't watched much of the tournament, but um, yeah, Red Savage scored two goals today, so that was cool. Beauty, yeah, stud. He'll fill in. They'll sign him right out of the World Juniors. <laughs> he'll, yeah, <laughs> and also uh, why they wait Verona. <laughs> maybe make room for Savage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Um, so. We've now eliminated. We've kind of just made our decisions on one of the other roster spots. What does the other one come down to? Is it a veteran forward again, and you leave a Soderblom up, or does it end up being Soderblom? I truthfully think it's Soderblom or Ernie. I don't think they would send down Sunquist. I think I think these next couple of games they have because when are Bertuzzi and Zadina supposed to return? It's by Uh, Saturday. Bertuzzi said in post practice yesterday that it's seven days. He's expected. still seven days out. Okay, so getting give a neck, or take. Be, give or take a day or two. 
Okay, but so he says he feels good, and then Zadina alone seemed to seem more optimistic about him. So either way, right. I mean, both of them are going to be probably early next week. You're looking at Monday, Tuesday moves. So yeah, about three more games between now and then, including yes. tomorrow night. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder if this is kind of like a they're testing um, Elmer to see if he can consistently play for those, you know, at that high level for the next three games and kind of make the decision from there. Yeah, well. and maybe it's Elmer's decision to make. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we saw earlier in the season he kind of tapered off right before his injury. Yeah, he had the last, hot start, and then the hot, the hot start is kind of recirculated recently here, and uh, he's looked very good. Yes, he has. He's shown every bit of uh, what we saw at yeah, the beginning of the season, and also his SHL season, being a monster on possession creating offense and he's also looked fine in his own end i wouldn't say it's like a lead or anything but he's looked fine it's not great but i mean like one big takeaway is like him he struggles to get the puck out a little bit but yeah. once he gets the puck in the ozone i mean people have a very hard time getting the puck off him he's gotten better better and better at it part of me wants to see a line just pure puck possession i know rasmussen's doing great on the wing i go rasmussen soderblom Perron. Does anyone take yeah. get the puck back? I don't know. I, I like the, the line, idea of throwing the Kubelik, out of the net. I like that they put Kubelik <laughs> with Soderblom now. I I actually like the bottom six is the, I view those two the two bottom six lines is like I call it the bottom six. They're not a third and fourth line. No, it's gonna be close. Well, I mean, to... it's the same thing with Carolina. They don't have a fourth line. Like, that's why it all goes back yeah. to like their type of hockey. I love it. Yeah, you're best utilizing your ice time, and I think it's I think it's best too. They're both going to play like 11 minutes a night. Perfect. And again, don't overwork Fabry. It's great, and it also gives Berggrind a he gives a big opportunity in the top six, which is something. And again, huge. Maybe he can get Cop going a little bit too. Two pretty good playmakers get the puck on his stick. Granted, it didn't matter when he was literally two a foot in front of the net against Pittsburgh in overtime. Yikes! Hey. He came back in a pretty nice pass. Pretty nice pass. I was really mad at him though in the time of the moment. <laughs> I he, he's still been pretty good of late. I I've been ha- a lot happier with this game. I have been a lot happier too, and it's the stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet too that he's doing so well. Yeah, which he's is... still not. He's not a burner by any any means. He's a, he's a slower guy. He's, but yeah. <clears throat> But I do think he's been making better decisions offensively and defensively. Defensively, he's been pretty darn good. Yeah, which is always what was his calling card. We said that's what we kind of wanted him to look like is kind of a more of a shutdown center mm-hmm. to help out Dylan. Yep, which has been good. Yep, I need all yep. the help I can get. Seems like Larkin's had a big, <laughs> a big kind of boost in Pep recently since the Rasmussen. Um, bump up too which is uh very notable too it doesn't all yeah. attest to rasmussen's numbers that he's putting up i think a lot of it goes to what he's doing for his line mates which is very important bring up getting up space mm-hmm. he's not the most physical guy he's just the guy that gets in first and he he's, has all physicality though since he's he does have physicality but it's not like he's like i'm laying huge hits he uses his body creates space away from the yeah att- the defender and is yeah, able he's... to make an area play He's visually, physically, like, like he's, like, getting in the way of everything. Or, like, you know, using his body like his size. Yeah, I forget what I was going to say. Sorry, boys. 
It's okay. Hey, you're rusty. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a year. It's been a year since has I've been on. I know. Start it again. <laughs> uh, uh, Grant loves that joke. It's never gonna get old. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's kind of yeah. In terms of roster moves, that's kind of what I'm thinking. It's uh definitely an interesting. The picture got so much more interesting now with Verona. It's such a now is way more up in the air, and who knows? Like again, you go into the the trade speculation stuff. Like, what does this mean for Tyler Bertuzzi? Does this mean his odds are staying are now higher? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think Max Bolton and just wrote a, a nice article today about like he quickly did a, a quick thoughts on Verona, and that's kind of what he mentioned. It's like if it does does free them up for a move, but also what does this mean for Tyler Bertuzzi? It's probably don't want two top six wingers leaving in the same year. You wouldn't think so. Would not think so. Unless and, you really want Connor Bedard. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh <laughs> or just package a bunch of stuff up. A guy who I was I was thinking of, and again, I'm not thinking of this in terms of uh Verona or Bertuzzi, whatever. I'm thinking of this in like the Red Wing star power conversation what we keep thinking about. Uh Timo Meyer. Yeah. He'd be, he'd be a winger that I'm like, I would I would throw some chips at. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's nasty. You'd throw a lot of chips at him. I I can I I don't know how much it would cost you. I kind of look at it if, depending how like you compare it to like the Debrinket package last year. Like if it's something similar to that, I'm hundred percent doing it. I think he's better than Debrinket. Yeah, but <laughs> that's why he's hundred percent doing it at that package. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if he is better than Debrinket. I think more impactful in all areas of the game. Yeah, he's different. He's different than Debrinket. They're sure. different players. I, I think I would take Timo Meyer over Alex Debrinket. Yeah, is that a, is that a take? I don't think so. No, I think it's fair. I think they're both really good players. Timu is scary. Well, yeah, he's he's got the size and he's got I, speed. I tell you what, if I'm watching a San Jose game, like I'm more intimidated by Timu Meyer being on the ice than Alex DeBrinket. I don't know if it's accustomed to being like also like how bad San Jose is, so you're only able to be scared of Timu Meyer, where like Ottawa actually has other pieces where I probably get more nervous when Drake Batherson has a puck than Alex Brinkhead. That's fair. That's fair. Especially, free, especially so far this year, up to this yeah. point, with this time. In yeah, Ottawa, his that's... his pure numbers are fine. Like he's still around a point per game, but yeah, in terms of goal scoring, he's not. He hasn't hit his stride that he was at last year. Batty Kane Brink, effect. Brink I was gonna say, hey, we get him, we set that. him up with Lucas Raymond or Jonathan Jonathan Bergeron. Yep. Or or let him, let him. Oh, well, I mean, who's gonna play center? <laughs> Whoever. Well, I mean, like I'm Bergen, about... Bergen was drafted as a center. There we go. Yeah, the thing I'm go. worried about, like, if they actually were to take a stab at Timo Meyer, it's kind of like the Brink kid had Patty Kane. Like Timo Meyer has Nick Bedino, and I don't know how you're going to translate. <laughs> <laughs> I was really wondering where you're going with that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Nick Bedino, PP two guy. I don't know. I don't want him to me. Yeah, dude, and Timo Meyer is sick. And I know, like, I, I keep seeing, like, Toronto, like, media being like, this is who the Leafs should go after. I'm like, you cannot afford to keep it. <laughs> you, like, Good you, luck, Toronto. He's going to make he's gonna make eight plus for eight years. Yeah, yeah but they only, gonna, care about, they only care about one cup if that's this year. I mean, fair. Then, <laughs> you know. by all means, go for it. I mean, if you want the best player then uh, on the market, I mean, he might be your best bet, him or Bo Horvat. I'd be very yeah. happy with Timo Meyer. I never even thought about that. Like till just a th- just a now. thought. Star star winger. I'm just saying, or close to a star winger. He's he's the level of like a he's in the same caliber as like a Dylan Larkin, Sebastian Ajo, Andre Sveshnikov kind of thing. 
I think a lot of it is the market he's in. Yeah. If he was on a more solid team, he would oh, 100%. Also, yeah. also, yeah, I think his situation is really interesting because the amount of, like, he shoots the puck like crazy. I, I'd be really curious to what he, what he to see what he could do with a better team, better line mates. Like, imagine he was in Carolina. He could be a 40-plus guy. Oh, if I he was in Carolina, too. oh, my God. The, he's, be... he's on pace for 40-plus this year. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe he pushes fifty. Who knows? You know what I mean? He had thirty-five last year. Because Carolina's system is so crazy in the sense of like we we want you to shoot. At yeah, all, by I want all you to shoot, and he he's they have the free will to skate, which he likes doing. They do have some forwards that will lay the body. He's one of them that would be that guy. <laughs> like that'd be yeah. insane picturing it. So yeah, there's my uh, my hot take. This is why I want the Red Wings to chase is Team Meyer. I'm for it. Yeah. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. So there we go. Jacob Verona for Team of Meyer. You heard her here first. Straight up. No, no, no. No. Adam Ernie. Adam Ernie. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Excuse me. Verona's a separate trade. <laughs> yeah. Separate trade. But uh it should be a very fun, maybe nervous next twenty four or forty eight hours. I'll be nervous. And even go and even going to the next week with uh moves and stuff like that against Steve Eisman. Again, he still has not steered us wrong at this point. He sure knows how to have fun with moves, and he does love that nobody knows what his, he's thinking other than him. So he's probably getting a great sleep tonight. Oh, he isn't, dude. He loves it. <laughs> I love. Um, I forgot which account it is. It's a uh, is it Helmeroids on Twitter who makes the memes? She's fantastic. So. She's fantastic. She makes. She keeps making memes of like Eisman. Like he's like he's like if I wanted to read your opinions, I I would like ghost read your shit post blogs. Or something yeah. like that. It's just very funny. So I do appreciate that at this time. So I am again. I'm super curious on what happens, and I will be glued to Twitter for most of my day for uh, for my job for legal reasons. That's a joke. Um. <laughs> so yeah. Um. I just want to mention before we uh, wrap up here that um, inside the rink is uh, partnered with ESPN Plus. So um, sign up with. ESPN plus using uh, inside the rink.com slash ESPN. Again, Grant and I both uh, are on ESPN plus great for out of the market watching the Red Wings. Oh, Andy too. Excuse me. Oh yeah. I'm in, I'm in now boys. Took me yeah. a little bit, but I'm in. Yeah. Huge. So we're, we all use it again. Good. Unfortunately, the Red Wing game is on TNT tomorrow, so can't watch it on ESPN plus, but all the other in, in market games, but out of market for us, uh, we can watch and also ESPN plus games. So definitely check that out. And yeah, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you everyone for listening.